both of our readings from the book of Genesis and also from our gospel of St. Matthew. Both of the readings are inviting us to faith, to have faith, to have confidence in God. In the first case, we have the example of Abraham, but what we have here is not only that Abraham already manifested his faith, he already left, he went, and then followed God's bidding, followed him all the way to the promised land. And as we know, the, you know, he still was wondering, God promised him progeny, but he didn't have progeny. So there was one element that placed Abraham in his sort of quest to, to believe. His fast was tested then. But here, finally, Isaac was born, the child of promise that God gave. And as he promised that his progeny will be as numerous as the stars of the sky and sands of the seashore. But then we see something extraordinary taking place. God put Abraham to the test. God put Abraham to the test. So we know that this is a test. And, and, and when God called him Abraham, here I am, which is a response, okay, I am here for you. I am here. Take your son, Isaac, your only son, your favorite son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him as a burnt offering on a height that I will point out to you. What would take place in the heart of a father to hear such request? It seems like it's impossible. How is it possible that God who gave him his son now wants him to sacrifice him and yet he promised that he'll multiply his descendants? It seems a contradiction. It seems like something that God is asking is impossible and impossible to, to fulfill is not possible. And yet we see Abraham here early in the next morning, saddled the donkey, took him, took with him his son Isaac, two of his servants as well with the wood that he cut for the burnt offering, set out for the place of which God had told him. So they are, they are going three days away from where he lived to Jerusalem because Mount Moriah is where the temple of Jerusalem is. And this is where he takes his son to offer him to God and the temple, the grounds of the temple, future temple of Jerusalem, the Mount Moriah. Take, takes his son. And so they walk together, but the, 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 uh, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, laid it on his son's Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as they two walked together, Isaac spoke to his father, Father, here are the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Where is the lamb? And then the two continued to go walk. But Abraham says to his son, son, God himself will provide the sheep for the burnt offering. God will provide, provideo, will foresee that that will take place. It's a very powerful readings that we read because every word that we say, 
we see on one hand it's a test, but what a, a, a difficult, what a difficult test it is. And yet the answer that Abraham gives to his son, he sees is, is a type of faith. It's based on faith. God will provide. God will provide, even though he received the instructions when they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham built the altar and arranged the wood on it, next he tied his son and put, a, put him on the top of the wood on the altar. He made his son sacrificial offering. And then he reached out, took the knife in order to prepare him for the offering. But the Lord's messenger called out to him, says, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy. Do not do the least thing to him. I know now how devoted you are to God since you did not withhold from, him, from me your own beloved son. And so the angel, uh, before Abraham can offer his son, he not only spares him, but speaks of him as giving witness to that faith that he had and then all of a sudden he spied a ram a caught in a, with its horns and he offers this as a burnt offering abraham named this place yahweh Yireh. that means the god who revealed himself the the four letters um which were, were never pronounced by by the jewish people ultimately later on from from uh, from Abraham, from Moses on, Yahweh, God will provide. God will provide. The provision of God, God foresee, and this will take place on the mountain. The Lord will see, and he will provide. And then the angel of the Lord declares to, to um, on behalf of God, uh, that, that and, and commands Abraham, he says, in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and sands of the seashore. And you, your descendants shall take possession of the gates of the enemies and in your descendants, all nations of the earth shall find blessing because by this you obeyed my command. All the nations of this earth shall find blessing. As you know, more than almost half of the world's population follows the faith of Abraham. I want to say this here. We see that Abraham is willing to offer his son, but God spares. God spares him from offering his son. But now we see God the Father. God the Father who also gives his son. His son, just like Isaac, is carrying the wood on his shoulders. Jesus carries the wood of the cross. And God the Father, who asks of his son, no longer someone else, but he asks for his son to offer his life, to offer his life. And, and this is what's so important, this imagery of, of Abraham, Isaac, carrying the wood, offering up the sacrifice. And, and his even son says, where's the lamb? And Jesus, here we have, Jesus is the one who does the same. He responds to the Father's will all the way, even through Gethsemane, Father, remove this from me, but may only not mine, but you will be done. And we see Jesus carrying that cross and he becomes the lamb the sacrificial lamb, no longer a lamb, he's the lamb. He's the offering 
the Lamb, and he's also the High Priest, as we know, because he offered himself on behalf of us. So this Old Testament story becomes visual and becomes incarnate in a different dimension, yet similar, of Christ offering himself on our, on our behalf. And he is the suffering, he's the offering, and he gives us that which we all desire, is communion with the Father, an offering for sins, everything that we, that we um, would wish, wish and desire to have. And the second aspect today of that faith today is a faith that is being manifested by those who bring that man, a paralytic lying on a stretcher. By the way, the people who brought this man, this paralytic, say nothing. They not ask for anything. They don't ask for anything. They just brought him to Jesus. Was it in their hearts, were hoping that he will look upon him and, and heal him, but they don't ask. Their faith is manifested in a silence, only in the things that they do. And they bring that one. Was it family members, friends? We do not know. But they are those who brought, the, their people who brought him and lying in a stretcher. He can't do anything. He's paralyzed. And Jesus says to them this, when Jesus saw their faith, how did he recognize their faith? Because they didn't say anything. They were totally in silence. Because what happens is that they brought him to him. The very act of what they did. He, Jesus is the son of God and son of man, both in his humanity and divinity. He knows, he recognizes, just like when people come to the shrine and ask for healing. We know that they come here for healing. I know how many people came here with, with various illnesses and diseases. And sometimes I ask people because they travel, you know, even from the West Coast or from different places or even from different countries. Why do you come? Why? Because I want to receive something special, grace, healing, strength. Why do they come? Because they believe, Jesus, I trust in you. There's something here the Lord wishes to bestow upon them. So they come. And they come because they have faith. So all of you who are here, I can say, I don't have a vision. I only know that you're here because you believe. And I'm here also because I believe, otherwise I wouldn't be here. We're here because we believe. And Jesus recognizes in the people who brought this man on a stretcher as those who believe, that they, those who wish something for their friend or a family member. But there is something here that how Jesus responds, recognizing their faith. He says, courage, child, your sins are forgiven. Courage, child, your sins are forgiven. Courage. Why would he say courage? Which means that have that confidence, bold confidence, that which you seek will be given to you. But the Lord speaks the word child because Jesus speaks of of him as a child of God, the child of God, the child of, of the Father. We all call children because we have God the Father to be with us, we're children. And so we are children, we're in need of the Father's love, we need a Father's forgiveness. But here, the interesting thing is Jesus doesn't say, be healed, he says, your sins are forgiven. I wonder what happens to the people when they hear 
those people who are there. What is he saying? We came here for healing. We came here for healing. Why would you say your sins are forgiven? So the people are so perhaps are surprised by his words. And of course, the scribes who are there are scandalized. Who is he? Who, do, who does he pretend to be? Who does he pretend to be? Does he pretend to be God? You know, God? Only God can forgive sins. So at this very moment, when Jesus says these words, courage, child, your sins are forgiven, a type of reaction within people's hearts. I came for healing. This is what people would say. And you're saying sins are forgiven. I, I want healing. I'm not interested in forgiveness of sins at this very moment. I want healing. And the Pharisees, obviously, theologically, he's off the wall, they think. He's blaspheming. He's saying something which he should not be saying. Only God, who do you pretend to be? You think you're God? You're equal to God? Who do you pretend to be? And what else would other people say? If you're going to say this, you're a layman. Not even a high priest can say these things. And who do you wish? And here we have here very something very powerful. Because Jesus does recognize their thinking and says, why do you harbor evil thoughts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, rise and walk. <clears throat> Obviously to the people, it is easier to say your sins are forgiven. It's easier because there's no, there's no follow-up. There's no, nothing visible. But for the, the Pharisees, which is easier, well, they know it's easier, but it shouldn't be done theologically should be done because you're blaspheming. But Jesus wants to show something very powerful that it is first we have to heal the soul, then receive the healing of the body. The, the very heart is where healing is given and it manifests itself in the body. And so this is what the Lord is doing, is he's actually teaching and guiding, guiding him that it is the soul first, take care of the soul. The body will follow, but body will not be healed unless the soul, unless the heart is broken, unless the heart and soul is filled with sin, will not happen, not possible. That's why even, even today when a priest goes to, to anoint someone, what? It's always first is forgiveness of sins. And then this, the follow-up, the healing. So this is what the Lord is saying to us. Your sins are forgiven because it is essential. It's absolutely essential for the healing of the body so that the soul may be healed. And so this is the, the testimony, the witness that Jesus gives. And so then he says, because, but that you may know that the son of man, the son of Jesus, the son of man, son of God has the power and the authority on earth to forgive sins. So the healing is only manifestation of the power of forgiveness of sins. The manifestation, he said then to the paralytic, rise, pick up your stretcher and go home. He rose and went home. And when the crowd saw this, they were struck with awe and glorified God who had given such authority to men. Because that's how they saw the authority. Then they start putting it together. Yes, he healed, but he forgave sins. And this authority was given to us, to the bishops, to priests, to forgive in his name. His authority has been given. And his authority has been given to offer sacrament of healing because it comes from Christ. 
does not come from us. That doesn't come from me as a person, human person, no. It is a gift of God, which God has given to his disciples and shares with us, unworthy as we are. And yet the power that God gives us is for all people, for you, for every person on this earth. The power to receive for forgiveness of sins and, and also with the follow-up, many of the healings that take place is through the power of God in Jesus Christ. The Father gave it to us and it is with us. But it does require courage, which means that I will accept that which God wishes to give me, but I have to have faith because it's only by faith. We can't, without faith, we can't do this. Without faith, it's not possible. So what is faith? Faith is placing ourselves in the hands of God in trust. Faith is that we believe that God can do this. You know, in a human way, we do this all the time. You go and fly on a plane. Faith in the pilot enables you to fly because otherwise that stupid machine can go and come down and destroy your life at, the, at an instant, in a couple of seconds. What about you go into a doctor, you got an eye surgery, you place confidence in him that he can do this, otherwise you end up blind. And you do this, which means placing your very life in the hands of someone else. But here above all, we're asked to place our life in the hands of God like Abraham did, placing complete confidence. You are God, you know, we know that you care for us, but we really want to know and even more know, know more that I have this confidence, couple total confidence in my life. Why people are so afraid to surrender their life to God completely, not half-heartedly. You know, I, I want to make this golden nest here, whatever, and then God. You know, we, this is what we do as human beings because we sort of kind of are discouraged. And of course, people would say it's imprudent not to do it. But the fact is this, we need that. We need that confidence in God that he knows us. He'll take care of us. I mean, after all, is he God or not? Is Jesus our Lord who has come to bring the truth, has given us the capacity to accept him? to receive him. Yes, he did. Yes, he's God. And this is why we, this is why we are here today, because we do have confidence. But we always have to say, you know, Father, just like Peter says, Lord, I believe, yet help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help me. Because I am, I, I struggle and times I lose perspective and I don't really think that you're going to be there for me. You might be there for somebody else, but not for me. And so, again, the invitation is to have that confidence, trust in him, just like Abraham had, just like the people today who brought the paralytic, just, just like so many examples that we have, our own brothers, sisters, ourselves, and we, too, have this, this confidence, even if it's not as powerful and as strong as we would wish. But then we have one thing that can help us, so we can rebuild our faith, we can strengthen our faith, is His Word, the Holy Spirit, and the Eucharist, and the intercession of our saints, especially above Our Lady, who knows how to believe, how to trust. Let it be done to me according to your Word. Whatever you wish, whatever you say, let it be done to me, because I have, I have this confidence you can do all things, and God does and will.
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.